Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Well, hello there and welcome to uh, April 18th as I speak. Uh, so is the uh, Attorney General, uh, and and that is why I'm pretty sure nobody's listening to me right now, because you all would be the kind of people who'd be glued to this uh, rollout of the report we've been waiting to see for almost two years. Um, I'm... He, uh, Barr has already given his little preoration, which uh, amounted to a, a total defense of Donald Trump. He seemed, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I'm laughing, but I, it's not funny. Um, he seemed to be suggesting uh, that uh, while Trump did some things that sure did look like obstruction of justice, like uh, firing the FBI, uh, <laughs> director uh, forcing his attorney general uh, Jeff Sessions out um, that it was totally totally understandable because he was he was pissed off uh, mostly at uh, the fact that there were investigations going on into some nefarious activities by him and his uh, his cohorts and uh, I mean Barr actually said like he he was mad, and so he 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 lashed out a bit. I guess I don't know. Jeez, uh, um, what is going on right now is uh, is is just more obfuscation, uh, spin. The it 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 is. I, I'm I'm just outraged that. Here is an attorney general who's already given us those four pages that he so helpfully culled from the 400-plus that the report actually consists of, apparently. And now he's still holding back the report. Nobody has seen the report as I speak. But he is now telling everybody what it says again. Uh, he's been at it for a half hour now, characterizing it, knowing that everything he says uh, will be quoted in newspapers and in press reports because none of the reporters who have to put stories on from now, it's not like we don't have a 24-7 news uh, presence, uh, will only have his words intended to absolutely give the president a pass uh, to work from because unless they can read a 400 page report in uh, a half hour and digest it and be able to turn around and uh, explain it to uh, their their various audiences I um, as far as I know no Attorney General has uh, done what Barr is doing today. If there is a, a special uh, counsel report, they release the report. Maybe after they've released the report and reporters have had an opportunity to read it and digest it, they might make themselves available for a news conference. But to have this, what's going on now, which is a bunch of reporters asking this guy questions when he's the only one in the room that's read the, read the report, is, is absurd. And is, of course, it's, it's not absurd if you're, if you're serving the president. The problem is the attorney general is not supposed to serve the president. He's supposed to serve us. And I don't think he's doing at the moment. So the one interesting piece of news that uh, Barr did put out there, and um, I'm, I'm very surprised but uh, grateful, is that the 
the White House was given the opportunity to um, claim executive privilege on some of these issues in the report and uh, apparently did not. So um, redactions, which we'll find out how extensive they are, uh, none of the redactions apparently will be uh, a result of um, the White House saying, you can't put that out because we claim executive privilege. So uh, I am at a uh, disadvantage here too. Uh, now I don't know what the Attorney General is saying and I also um, you know, don't have the report. So none of this. And I'm not going to have read the report before tomorrow's program either. And let us remember it's Holy Thursday, right? Uh, Good Friday tomorrow. This this whole thing's the the timing of the release, the manner in which it's released, shows a totally politicized uh, Justice Department here. But it's very very uh, well. I'll use a a vanilla word. Disappointing. Um. I guess I will uh, continue on as if nothing else is happening, <laughs> knowing that I guess most people will be listening um, uh, much later after you've ingested uh, the dog and pony show you're probably currently watching. I mean, I specifically drove downtown today so I could listen in my car all the way. I sat in a parking spot until just a few moments ago, listening to and 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 trying to keep my uh, composure, <laughs> which I pretty much did. So, um, will boy, remember all the times in the last few years when we heard that so-and-so was uh, speaking to the uh, to Mueller and remember all the times that we just assumed that aha this is it Wow all of this hope and faith we put um, into this and now to see it being unveiled in this cynical uh, manner, choreographed manner to aid and abet the cover-up of what actually happened is, is truly disheartening, is it not? Um, well, I guess I'm just going to uh, kind of move on. And uh, I'll try to fill out the hour. But um, if I fall short, it'll just be that I'll fall short because, um, I again, I'm assume, assuming very little audience. Although Roger has emailed me to let me know that he's apparently maybe multitasking. Um Roger, this is totally off the side. And it's just as well. There's no reason for me to um, do what cable news does all the time, which is engage in speculation. Um, we are so close to finally having something that is more than speculation, the actual uh, words of uh, Robert Mueller uh, written uh, after he has uh, accumulated all his evidence. Uh Oh, so I'm being told the uh, the Q and A of Barr's news conference ended just before I went on, so it is all over. So I do have a oh great. Well, I want to thank Bill Barr for the first time. I haven't had much to thank him about up till now. Well, that's good to know you're all there. If anybody wants to in any way uh, respond, react, go ahead. I will. Oh, okay, I'll go back to Roger's email in a second because we have a caller. Uh, caller, go ahead, please. Hi, Lou. Hi. Hey, um, but the pack of lies that this bar was spinning out there, two things that I noticed is he was saying there's a, no collusion, which collusion is not a crime. I mean, that's not how they word it. It's a conspiracy, is it? Right. So that was a bunch of bullshit. 
And then the second thing, he said, no Americans uh, talk to the Russians about the United States election where Paul, Paul, uh, Manafort gave them polling data. So that's another fucking lie. The guy, he, the guy is a big blowhard. And that's all he did is was a blowhard. I think he hurt his credibility. I think that's going to hurt Trump big time. Because when the other starts start trickling out, the shit's going to hit the fan, and he's going to hear it. Well, believe me, I believe that. Okay. Well, I hope you're right, but I, I. I mean, it might take some time. But uh, this guy, he, it was a phony show out there. Just a phony yes. show. And why? Why do we allow? The guy that's supposed to be in charge of the, the law of the United States do this. Why aren't they looking into him? I mean, this here is just right in your face that he's protecting the president, which right. is not his friggin' job. I know it really is. Uh, it really is something. I was, I was thinking this morning. Wow, Republicans—they always just astonish me at their, at their. Um, brazenness at their they just they do what they have to do and they don't care how it looks they don't care that a guy like you is going you know ballistic in Pittsburgh PA they don't care they keep their eye on whatever you know their prize is and their prize is always retaining power and they will do it I, I I am starting to be very fearful um, in many ways, in many ways. Starting, did I say? Um, yeah, this was uh, chilling. It really was. Just, I mean, yeah. I, kept, I kept wanting to scream at him, listening on the radio. I kept wanting to scream, just give us the report. Don't keep telling us yep. we're not children. We learned how to read. We have brains. We can think. Why are you doing this? Give us the damn report. Stop spinning and give us the report so that if we ask you questions, we can ask intelligent questions. It's just they're they're just brazen. Now, there's a top former prosecutor that says he says in due time, Mahler will come out and correct us. I don't know about that. So, I don't know about that. But he knows them well. He was, he worked under them, and he said that yesterday. He said he will make this right in some way. What he really said and what he didn't. So we'll wait and see, I guess. Well, that's what we've been doing a lot of, isn't it? That's not, that, clearly that is our a job as powerless peons. We're supposed to continue to wait and see while these powerful SOBs in D.C continue to spin and control uh, the wheels of justice. It really is appalling. Thank you for your yeah. call. I okay, thank you. It. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I... Uh, okay, back to Roger. This is, again, another subject. Yesterday you were talking about how Amazon and other creepy peddlers have so much access to our personal lives. In some ways, this is probably Fred Rogers' worst nightmare. Well, that shows a, a, a true knowledge of, uh, of, of Fred's mission. Yes. If I recall last year's documentary, his biggest concern was the television in the 60s, <laughs> was turning children into consumers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He found almost everything on television appalling. It was interesting. He worked in a medium that he had very little respect uh, for the product that was uh, carried on it. Um and right, he didn't want, he, of course, saw children as so vulnerable if they were to be looked at as just more money, consumers. And, of course, that's exactly what's happened. Um, you know, I've said before, I sometimes am 
grateful that my dad didn't live as long as my mom. If he were seeing all of this now, it would kill him. It would certainly send him into uh, despair and depression. And he was spared that. Fred spared that, too. Uh, reality can be uh, a, a real cruelty. Huh? Um, I really, I, sorry, I feel like I'm just sort of tap dancing here until I can get the hell out and get my hands on the report myself. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, you know, you want to see it. You want to, it's still not out, right? It's coming out like around 11, and who knows how many redactions there will be. You can bet your buttons that Mr. Barr has uh, done everything he can to cleanse it. Um, so, I have mentioned that I have um, difficulty um, enjoying comedians that I used to enjoy, or, or especially topical uh, comedians. Um, so that where I used to love watching, you know, the likes of uh, Colbert or, um, you know, John Stewart when he was doing it, or, you know, all I, there, there's so many of them, right? Uh, Trevor Noah and uh, all those late night shows, a Saturday Night Live. I can't watch. It's not as though I am without a sense of humor. I think I've got a pretty good one. But I just don't think there's anything funny about what's happening. <laughs> it's gone over to the dark side and I I do know that people need to be able to find humor in things but I, I for me can't because it, it's just sends me into uh, again my my now default emotion of just despair there was an essay um by uh, a writer uh, that in which he said, and I think we've said it as much too, you know, that sort of uh, you can't parody this uh, presidency because it is a parody. You can't make it up because in reality it <laughs> it is beyond belief, right? So that destroys parody. It destroys satire in a lot of ways. And that is what this essay was about. It was titled, Is Satire Possible in the Age of Trump? And frankly, it really isn't, to my mind. And pretty much the essayist, I believe, uh, generally agrees I mean, political satire is every bit as important to democracy as, uh, you know, the free press. Political satire is how the powerless have the ability to take down the powerful. It is why uh, political cartooning has been such an effective weapon um, in history as well. Because ridicule, satire, laughing at can undermine the powerful. And it can be done by people who otherwise would not have power. So we have always expected that the powerful will be held somewhat in check by the pens of uh, parodists and satirists. But Trump is immune 
He is truly immune because he has no conscience and thus is incapable of shame. You cannot shame him because he feels no shame. So the the wits, all those guys at night and Samantha B, they are taking on someone who's impervious. The first such person I've ever experienced in, in, in my life, truly impervious to shame. Um, and, and this essay points out that, you know, reality right now in this Trump era consistently uh, trumps parody and satire. The reality gets to the punchline or creates a narrative that the most imaginative, uh, crazed uh, comedy writer couldn't have come up with. So the essayist points out, look at Saturday Night Live now. Look at what they do a lot. They don't even write their own material anymore. They A lot of their sketches literally work from taking actual <laughs> transcripts, right? From news conferences, from uh, from statements made by the press secretary, by by Bill Barr at a congressional hearing. They literally just start from that reality because it is out of some other realm and it's a realm immune to the weaponry of the satirist this guy his name by the way is Ben Greenman he says you know subjecting Trump to ridicule is like pushing tax into one of those giant gummy bears I mean, all the sharp points just disappear and get lost in there. So how is satire even possible? How can it be heard in a climate like this? And unfortunately, he has an answer to that. It becomes louder. It becomes more crass. So subtlety, Say goodbye. Subtlety replaced by the sledgehammer. Cleverness replaced by insult. And that's where we are. And our outrage is having trouble finding satisfying vents with which to be released. And he says, you know, outrage is is not art. It is not. In fact, outrage works sort of like a drug and it makes us resistant to anything that in any way diminishes the vitriol, the outrage we are feeling. So it just keeps ratcheting up. Food for thought. And it is why I can't listen anymore. Ha ha, I don't find it funny. All the shows that I used to sometimes enjoy. I mean, I found them all uneven, but I... And and Greenman also says this, that, you know, the best satirists not only speak truth to power, but they take a mirror and they hold it up to their audience as well. Because 
It is the audience in a democracy that enabled the power. It is we who put these people in power to destroy <laughs> our very system and to torment us and to outrage us. And he says that most of the Trump satire does not in any way turn that mirror on us. It does not implicate us. It implicates them. It acts as another tool of division. It just labels the other, the dumb idiots who put this guy in power and calls it, you know, that's it, that's it. So it makes satire, he says, dependent upon divisiveness. And where does that put us? Exactly where Trump is. Because he is dependent upon sowing division. And that's now what our satire does as well. I think this guy is pretty much right on the money. I think that was in the uh, New York Times book review last Sunday. Uh, Barbara writes, uh, MSNBC's uh, Joe Scarborough has continued his criticism of Barr. And so this would have been this morning before Barr's conference and uh, Scarborough said that Barr's behavior with regard to the Mueller report may make him quote the person responsible for a change in the way we choose our attorney generals attorneys general is the correct right um, <laughs> attorneys general is the correct plural um, and he went on to say, it seems bizarre at this point that a president should be able to select their, the attorney general. Who can decide how the investigations are run against them? Who can decide which political enemies get prosecuted? Who can decide which political allies don't get prosecuted? Who can decide what corporations don't get prosecuted? I mean, the fact that, uh, I mean, Donald Trump has shown us actually a flaw, a significant flaw in our constitutional system of checks and balances. This is not the way America is. Well, it never was because we had honorable, generally speaking, men, always, in these positions. Beth writes, the moment the House Democrats heard about this news conference, they should have had a subpoena ready for Mueller and have his hearing at the same time. Well, I don't think things move that fast. <laughs> um, but yeah, that would have... But see, they don't have the report. They've got to have the report first. They don't want to go after Mueller or interrogate Mueller till they see what, or most of what, he wrought. Yeah, no, the, 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 we got, you know, the, the, the media got played, which they do, you know, with alarming um, constancy. I don't think constancy is the right word. Yeah, I mean, the, as Beth says, this administration has totally controlled the narrative of this report because they won't let us see it. <laughs> so they just keep telling us what's in it. It's mad. It's absolutely maddening. Also, funny that they release this report today right before Passover and Easter. I know, just in time to divide more families. That's true. I mean, I'm going to be with my family. Thank God we're all on the same page politically, but a lot of families aren't. Beth says, sorry my writing is so bad. I'm just so angry. Well, that's right. Outrage. And you know, it can, 
Hey, Mark, what, what's your what's your point here? Lynn, Mark writes, can't we impeach Trump because he is an ogre, vile, and disgusting? No, we can impeach him because he is not living up to his oath of office, I would suggest. That'd be one way. The emollience clause, there are so many ways you could impeach the guy, but impeachment does not look politically smart. What about that horrible Queen's accent with only 500 words in his vocabulary? Mark, what's your point here? Clearly he is unfit for the office and lacks the appropriate temperament. That is true. M Mark is uh, trying to engage in satire here, I believe. Trying is the uh, operative word, Mark. Uh, now what will I say to my sophisticated European friends who speak five languages? What are you? All right. I'm sorry. Speaking of languages, I don't understand. I mean, uh, whatever it is you're trying to say to me is lost in translation. <laughs> I don't understand your speech. I really don't. I'm not kidding. I don't. I'm assuming that is you're trying to put it to me, right, and us, the others, um, but I'm not getting it different worlds, different universes, different facts, different realities, different everything. Little Tony says, you can't watch comedians and I can't watch Jeopardy. Oh, Jeopardy! Whoa! What, that guy, he's been on, he is, it's like he's destroying the show. It is every record that was ever set. You know what I'm, I started to actually, I have a conspiracy theory about this. Alex Trebek is dying, probably. Who could possibly take over the show? There are people who said, well, it'll have to be Ken Jennings. But this guy is destroying Ken Jennings. Ken Jennings now looks like this guy could beat Ken Jennings with, and I'm wondering if this is a, I don't even know. This guy is, he knows everything, everything. And when he doesn't know something, he knows enough not to guess. And he bets with such, he controls the board so he gets every daily double and then he doubles down and yesterday he set another record for a one day total. He set the five, he's, he set his, a record and broken it now I think five times. I think yesterday he made $133,000 in one show. No one has ever done a, he's now into what, 700000 something? He, it, it is like a joke. He decimates everybody. Somebody's going to have to knock him off. And here's my conspiracy theory. I think they've got someone in the wings who they figure can knock him off. And eventually they will. But if someone can knock him off, then how do you knock that person off? This is like the end game of Jeopardy. Those of you who aren't into Jeopardy, i got to tell you, it's, it's astonishing, this guy. And the other part is he's amassing so he doesn't have a million yet but he's he'll he'll give him another three days um and you know what he's going to do with that money i mean i i don't know but here's what i knowing just seeing him he's going to do what he does for a living he's going to head right back to las vegas he's a professional gambler and now he's going to have million. He's going to have more money to bet with than he's ever had, and he's a professional gambler because he wins. So this is just a gambling nest egg for this guy. God, it's really. I don't know. I watched it last. I have to admit, I. I. I it's like I. I do feel compelled to watch. I, I'm astonished at his uh, breadth of knowledge. Astonished. God. And make no mistake, he will be a household. You think Ken Jennings? I don't, again, this name, I can't even think of his name yet, but believe me, George something, right? Um, he will be, uh, he's already a celebrity and he will be huge 
whole something. I don't know. We have a caller. I'm sorry. I, I, I forgot. Hello. Hey, Lynn. Hi. Hey, Lynn. It's Mike in D.C. Hi. So you had mentioned earlier about um, the only thing that saved us from our flaws in the Constitution were honorable men. And I'm not sure they were any more honorable than these shysters that Trump appoints. They just had a they could just see a longer end game. Like Barr right now is doing it to please his overlord. But at some point he has to go back into society or look for another job. And as Christian Anderson, is that her name, the head of DHS? Um, as she found out, you know, she she left and nobody wants her. So I'm not sure they were any more honorable. They could just look down the pike and say, if I do this action, what will the ramifications be to me, to my family, to the country? And I don't, you know, and Trump has bamboozled these people into thinking that there will be no ramification for, for their stupid, unethical behavior. Well, you know, yes. And you know what, though? Will you explain to me, you know, who was it, Reagan, we first called the Teflon president? Doesn't Trump seem the most Teflon person you've ever seen? Yep. I mean. And for no good reason. No. How is it that somehow, and he seems like such a bumbler, but somehow he never gets touched. He lives to golf another day. He never gets touched. And because he has no conscience or shame, it, you know, no problem. He just feels he can, he'll always prevail because he always has. So businesses go bankrupt. And I get that he people, feels I mean, that way. Yeah, and he loses, you know. I get that he feels that way. Yeah, but, oh, yeah, the people around but him. But the people under him well, are not are not Teflon. Mm-hmm. And they're going to pay the price. Well, tough. You in know, reputation, you, if reputation alone. Yeah. Do you have any sympathy for them? No. no. Do you think any board wants no. once is it Bill Barr wants Barr on their board? Do you think any company wants yeah. Barr as the president well, yes. coming? Yes, I do. I do. I just heard the other not a company that's trying to get well it more people to, to a, buy their stuff. Well, it doesn't. Well. I don't know. I just saw that Notre Dame just gave a job to um, uh, what, uh, Ryan, the former Speaker of the House. Now, granted, he wasn't, I mean, I find him vile, but those people always, they, they, they know the powerful, and there's always someone who's, yeah, willing to help them out. There is. Maybe some of the smaller actors. Barr is an old, you know, what does he need? He doesn't, I don't know how old he is, but he doesn't need to do this. Could be, this is his final act, maybe. He'll write a book. He'll make more money. I don't know. Something. Hey, we have another. No, I'm not sure mankind has become less moral, just okay. to reiterate my point. Okay. Well, I just I'm think sure that right. these people don't play the long game. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I sort of feel like there is a diminution of honor. It doesn't even register as a virtue that people even comprehend, I don't think. Anyway, I have another call, so I've got to I've got Happy holiday. Thank you, Mike. You too. Bye. Uh, bye. Uh, caller? Hello? Hello? Hey, Lynn. Hi, Lynn. It's Jeff. Hi, Jeff. I was I was act, I was actually calling about Jeopardy, but I caught the last bit of your conversation with them. Guessing was that Mike from DC? Yes. Um, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. You know I, I have to disagree with them. All of these people that are supporting Trump, whether it's Mitch McConnell or Barr or anybody, Devin Nunes, they're all going to be just fine. There are enough sycophants that are in that crowd that they will have a job on talk radio or on a board of uh, some company, whatever. It doesn't matter. But nevertheless, about Jeopardy, good God, that guy is, like, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of him, though? Isn't he an odd duck? Isn't he? I can't get a you, fix on him. 
Yeah, I can't get a fix on him either. And he's got that quirky kind of a smile. I know. Where it's like, you know, he's smiling and it's pleasant, but it's really not that nice of a smile. You yeah. know, you kind of yeah. wonder. Yeah, but like you, you had mentioned like what him. he's going to do with. Yeah, you don't. I you, don't really you had like mentioned him. what he's going to do with his money. Yeah, he's going to gamble. Did, did you hear what he said? What his what his wife told him they're going to do? What? They're going to travel for a year. They're going to uh, go to 12 different cities world and spend a month in each city that's one of the things that they're going to oh, do oh i missed that well so, that's nice yeah yeah so and i think that from now on uh and apparently uh jeopardy has finished taping it's done for the season so uh we're going to end up having some repeats and we'll have to wait till like fall i guess september what? to see you know how this all flushes out yeah are yeah. you kidding because i just yeah i just saw something online that uh alex trebek posted a uh video on Twitter about uh, the season being uh, about his health and he's doing real well, he says, and uh, it's the end of the season and that's why he posted this video. So they're not going to be doing any more taping. And then I guess it'll start back up in September. So are you saying that like uh, Friday is the last show of the season or something? I can't say Friday, but it might be like next Friday or something. So we're not going to know they how, take two... how long a run this guy's going to have. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. yeah he might go. The, yeah. He might be on there forever. Yeah. But you know, when the, they when they introduce the people, uh, when they introduce the people and they say, well, this is a barber from Pittsburgh or whatever it yeah. might be. They can introduce this guy as like, this is a professional Jeopardy player because, you know, I've, I've never seen anything like it. It's just no. like so amazing yeah, what this really guy is. has done. It's just, bizarre. It is. Doesn't he make Ken Jennings it, look like an idiot? I, I It's just beyond belief. I'm, I mean, for the astonishment factor, though, it's very entertaining because, like, I basically have been you know, tuning in to just see how much how is this much? guy going to bet on yeah, the know, daily doubles and stuff, you yeah. know? Well, because he doubles and down. It's the just... thing is, I feel so bad for the other contestants now. They just had so bad luck they get picked to run into this guy, you well, know? you know what? I disagree and because it... I was thinking they'll be able to say, I mean, on their own bit, literally be able to say she was on jeopardy and she lost to the greatest player of all time right because everybody's going to lose <laughs> but to be able to play with him is this who will be like a historic popular culture historical figure no i think you know yeah it gives you cover too for not winning well yeah i guess it gives you cover <laughs> but that dude and the thing is like he's going to change the like if I was going to go on Jeopardy now, I would play the way he would, he does. Yeah, I yeah. would take the chances and bet a lot right. on the daily doubles and start up high and look for the daily doubles. Yeah. And the, but the thing is too, it's like he gets the daily doubles because he gets all the answers right. Because he I controls mean, he's no the dummy. board. I mean, his, right. It, if you keep getting yeah, if you, exactly. If his trivia knowledge keeps, is just amazing. Right. It's just it's just unbelievable. Jeez. Well, okay. Well, that's all I had for you. And as for the bar thing, you know what? For the next, it's going to be until Monday. You're going to hear anything of any substantial, you know, any kind of news. That's really true. It's all just going to be like you say, you know, the media speculation and blah blah blah. I can't stand it. I can't. It makes me want to throw up. Good. Yeah. Well, and so it's, it's a, you know what? It's another another nice day to go out in the backyard and listen to the birds. I agree. I agree. Thank you, Jeff. Kaylin, talk okay. to you later. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, we have another caller. Ookie-dee-doke. Hello. Hello? Hey, Lynn. Good morning to, good morning to you. Hi. Hey, Lynn. Hi. John from Greensburg. Uh-huh. Hi, John. Um, so, yeah, I will uh, – this is the particular subject I called about, but I, I will say I am uh, astounded by the the, uh, the uh, Jeopardy champion Um and, you know, I, I don't have a paucity in the field of general knowledge myself from our uh, which I've, I imagine you've gleaned from our conversations over the years. But uh, he simply is astonishing. And he's obviously optimized the strategy to to succeed at Jeopardy. Exactly. I mean, his his pattern of picking the picking the particular um, the, the high the high the high money. Yeah, starting at um, the bottom and in, moving up. He gets it, the money. It, it, starting at the bottom, yeah. which has been used before, doubling down uh, at particular points in the game where he's already up by, by a significant amount. Right. Um, 
yeah, he's he's cracked the code when right. it comes to right. to winning at Jeopardy. So his his profession as a professional gambler doesn't surprise me. Um, but uh, as I said, not the primary reason I called. Um, yeah, I see that uh, Bagman Bar turned in uh, a performance even worse than expected uh, today at the. Um, at the uh, what, what we call I don't want to call it a press conference because it wasn't a press conference because as soon as questions actually started to uh, turn into you know, anything other than softball lobs when there were actually some serious inquiries he simply you know cut, uh, turned tail and turned tail and skedaddled uh, back into uh, the, the confines of, uh, of the dank uh, the now dank uh, administ- hallways of the this administration this White House. Um, but that, the only thing that gives me uh, just a bit of hope is that I think even major media recognize that he is a bag man. That's all he is. He's acting as the president's per, you know, personal attorney, his defense counsel. Yep. Uh, he's not an attorney general. We, we don't currently have an attorney general of the United States. So that's not what we have. No. It, it, that office does – it ceased to exist uh, – you know, likely once once Jeff Sessions resigned, uh, you know, and you, you had the um, steroided up, thuggish uh, con man slash slash pitch man uh, Whitaker appointed as acting. Um, and then when he proved uh, too crude and dim, even for for this particular noxious administration, uh, you know, uh, the bag man stepped in. He had already auditioned for the job with a letter which basically argued that the president can obstruct justice through the use of the pardon power and uh, through, uh, you know, firing at will um, the head of the FBI. And it doesn't really matter what his motives uh, were for doing so. He was angry. Uh, it can be for, for a crew. Yes, he correct. He was frustrated. Correct. It does, it, he felt that his yes, he was administration angry at, was... At, I mean, it's, it's the crooked, a crooked, a crooked Hillary and the lion media, which is the enemy of the American people. And so, you know, bringing a halt to an investigation, you know, I mean, firing the, the head of the FBI because he wouldn't halt an investigation into, into Mike Flynn, you know, who's a very, very honorable man, except for, you know, selling out this country to a foreign power once he, um, once he was in government office again, um, you know, but, but other than that, very, very honorable man with this distinguished record. Um, yeah, I mean, the president was upset. And I mean, when you're upset, I mean, you're, you're allowed to to take actions for criminal motives. Right. I mean, you're allowed to suborn, you know, felonies for if you're if you're upset, if you're upset, the you know, at, at that well, scheming crooked Hillary and the, so the, when- the, you know, the, the liberal left mainstream media well i mean who wouldn't do that so the report supposedly is going to be out what in 12 minutes did they really say at 11 it'll come out and how how will will uh, we be able to access it um is it on a well um, i'm I'm serious well i I mean mean, after bob barr has 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 gotten through this remember this report did you did you see the report has been redacted since late march since the last week in March, the president has had this report on his desk for 19 days. He's been able to see this for 19. He, he's had conversations with the bag man and his underlings for 19 days about the report. Yeah, did you but, catch that? Uh, I don't know. So, you know, uh, I, I, in fact, you know, I'll take it back. I don't think I don't think Barr just uh, turned yellow and skedaddled out of the um, the, the, the uh, propaganda um, that he was doing. I think it was that he actually felt a little queasy because I, I think he has a, a nasty case of um, Sharpie poisoning, Sharpie ink poisoning. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because I think what's going to be left in the redacted report that Congress initially gets to see, you know, in the words, the, a, Trump, great. But I want to see it. Where know? do I see it? I'm serious. I'm asking. Is it online somewhere? Are they going to stick it? The Department of Justice will have a link to it so that we, the people, can read it. I'm no, I isn't anybody with all the blathering going on on uh, you know TV. 
24-7. Has anybody told me where I might be able to see the report online? I, I don't think it's worth seeing. I don't think it's worth seeing until well, we get a leaked, no, uh, I, unredacted version. No, I want to see, see as much as I can see, uh, as quickly as I can see. I mean, we'll find out. It could be a long time before you, you get anywhere near an unredacted version. Uh, so if uh, if um, uh, if um, if Trump is reelected, I, it may be a very very long time, yeah. a very long time. Okay. Hey, I got to run, but thank you for the call. Thank you. Take care. Okay, appreciate it. Bye. Um, um, Amy, you got something? Uh, Congress gets it between 11 and 12. I just wonder, and then we get it later, so it's still unclear. We paid for it. I want it. I don't even, I, even with the redactions, give me something. Give me, give me, give me. And I, I, I want to attempt to end on a, well, I don't know about ending, but um, I, I love this news. There's some good news. It's nothing major, but it's 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 good news. Out of uh, of all places, Arkansas. Uh, you know, every state in the country gets to send two statues of influential people they want to honor that will stand in uh, the U.S. Capitol. So there must be. This is what a math whiz I am. A hundred statues. Yeah. And my guess is most of them are white guys, right? So, but that's not the point. A whole ton of them are also traitors to the Union. <laughs> they are Confederate uh, people who rebelled against the United States of America, took up arms against the United States of America, and they're still standing there in the Capitol. Now, I know we've been taking some Confederate statues down, but uh, I think the U.S. Capitol still has a whole bunch of them. This is why good news out of the state of Arkansas, because a Republican governor in Arkansas signed a measure to take the two Confederate jerks who have been representing the state of Arkansas and ship them back. I'm sure they'll put them up somewhere else. And to replace them by uh, two other people. Now, the way they spun it, this is a Republican governor, he didn't say he was taking down these two because they were racist. One was a Confederate, um, uh, was sided with the Confederacy. The other, I think, was after the war, but he was a well-known racist. <laughs> so those are the two guys they're, they're sending back uh, to Arkansas. And they've decided, they didn't say that that is why, but the reason supposedly was to update the statues with representatives of our more recent history. That's what he said. People who we want to honor now, because most Arkansans, whatever they're called, don't know those two guys anyway. So let's give them two people they maybe do. And so guess who's going to the U.S. Capitol as a, one of the representatives from the state of Arkansas? Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. I love it. There was a little bit of a... Uh, the people were saying, well, he uh, was in trouble with the law and he took drugs and he committed adultery. I said, yeah, so let's, let's vet all those other guys standing there and see how they come up on some kind of, you know, scale of sinfulness. So uh, it's Johnny Cash... And a woman who, I must say, I did not know the name, but it's an African-American woman 
who was a uh, big civil rights uh, icon in that state. Her name is Daisy Lee Gatson Bates. Um, and she was instrumental in the effort to desegregate uh, schools in, in Arkansas. So we got a black woman and Johnny Cash uh, going to the U.S. Capitol, and I love that. I wonder who we have, Pennsylvania. We would have no end of, um, you know, pretty good founding father kind of guys like Ben Franklin and stuff like that. But I wonder if, if, if we should update. And if we did update, who would we, who would we put? I don't know. Mr. Rogers. Let's get Fred to the U.S. Capitol. Fred Rogers. How about that? I mean, if we really, if we're going to update, I don't know. It's possible. Just saying. I wanted to share that with you. And I have another little tidbit. Oh, little Tony on Jeopardy, by the way, he says he can't watch it anymore because he doesn't find it entertaining anymore. No, it, it, it's true. He's, he's stolen the show, this guy. And he's broken the show in that way. Um, and I understand. But now that he's done it and Trebek's dying, I figure the show's sort of broken anyway. And I'm, I'm just fascinated by how far this guy can go. But I do agree that it's, it ain't the show we've loved forever. It's different and it's been captured and changed. Tony says, why should I read a book if I already know the ending? It's like every show you would not necessarily know who was going to win. Well, at some point, someone may he'll have a bad day, who knows what. He'll come up with a, uh, there'll be a contestant who's knowledgeable as hell and willing to play the game like he plays it, doubling down, being gutsy. But you have to have some, finding somebody who knows as much as this guy. There's, it, 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 the subject matters are, it's just all over the place. I mean, everything from popular culture to geography to history to science to this to that. I don't know what the hell he doesn't know. But because, Tony says, because this guy knows everything, the show is just boring. Oh, and Tony, thank you for this. He says Barnes & Noble, he thinks, is offering the Re Mueller report for download free. I mean, they don't have it yet, but that would be nice. The government should give it to us. Why should we go through Barnes & Noble? It should be available to the American people. Here's another little tidbit about American presidents. This is from Gail Collins' column today. She's talking about presidents and the fact that... Um, not many American presidents have known how to speak a foreign language. Um, and this is because uh, everybody's freaking out about Buttigieg's speaking uh, Spanish, French, Italian, Maltese. Well, that's where his family's from. Uh, Norwegian, Arabic, and uh, some Persian language, Dari. Uh, but he points out, Herbert Hoover spoke Mandarin wonder why. Okay, here was her quiz in the middle of this. Who was the only president for whom English was a second language? Wow. Don't have a clue, right? You have a clue? Who could that possibly be? And it turns out it's Martin Van Buren who was raised by his immigrant parents who spoke Dutch. So Dutch was his first language and uh, English, Van Buren's second language. Also, this is funny. So the current crop of Democratic contenders, a number of them do speak um, other languages, uh, Kamala Harris speaks French. Uh, Beto O'Rourke speaks Spanish. Here's what's funny. 
Julian Cast Castro doesn't speak Spanish. <laughs> I mean, he was raised in Texas by a Mexican-American mom who, unlike Van Buren's parents, did not let him speak Spanish in the house. She wanted her little boy to be an English-speaking American, and so she wouldn't let him speak Spanish, and he's been trying to learn it as an adult. He said in 2013, I'm resolved that before I die, I'll speak it fluently. Well, he's 44 now, and he recently, when asked about it, said, I sort of kind of speak a little to some extent. So I was blown away. Oh, the report is available. Thank you. Thank you. According to C-SPAN, thank you, Milton, the report will be available via a link on their website. So go to C-SPAN. Once it's been delivered to Congress, um, that's great. Also, Trump is planning an address at 11. Why? Total exoneration. Um, and Ellen says she thought that the Justice Department's website would also have a link. So, yeah, it'll be available. That's good. Hey, thank you all very much. I think we're done. We're done. We're done. Um, thank you. And uh, I don't know. Uh, so tomorrow, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about this, if any of you are around. Um, and uh, I will be. And uh, see ya. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.